Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy State of the State of the New York Knicks. State of the New York Knicks podcast episode 100. And I got my guy co-host in the building from the down under. How you doing, Mr. Mitchell? Yeah, I'm good, brother. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm feeling good. I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready because it, it, it's just so much to talk about. That there is. <laughs> so I'm in, I'm in such a good mood. And it and it's so many topics to talk about. I, I, I sent you the list already, but I, I want to know what you want to talk about first. It's just so many to talk about. It, what what you want to get at first? Um, how about the uh, draft grade? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Oh, because we definitely, I definitely didn't get a chance to talk to you about the draft. That is a fact. Mm. So let's start there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, how are you feeling about the OB pick, man, and Emmanuel quickly? Yeah, well, um, start off first, obviously, with, with OB Toppin. Um, I, I thought that was uh, a good pick. Um, I, I, you know, I heard around the place, it was a bit of mixed feelings amongst fans, amongst, um, even amongst execs, um, uh, they thought we might have took Halliburton. Uh, but no, I actually think um, Toppen, um, it, it was actually a, a, point, a necessity for our team. Um, we needed a more, uh, how do I say, more versatile and, and, and a four that could stretch the floor. Um, mm-hmm. Offensively, he's uh, he's just insane offensive, offensively. Um, he knows that his game that he needs to work on is defense, but he's excited. He, he was really excited to get chosen by the Knicks, of course, um, being hometown as well. Um, also looking forward to working with um, Thibodeau um, on his defense. So that was a good sign as well. Um, you know, when, when we were on the clock, you know, as I said, uh, there were a number of intriguing options still available aside from top. And, you know, you had Iowa State guard, Torres Halliburton, um, Israeli forward, Denny, uh, how do you say his last name, Ad- Advija, and Florida State wing, Devin Vassell, you know, um, but I still think uh, even with, out of those names, it, maybe maybe excluding excluding Halliburton, Toppin was the right pick. Um, you know, he's, he's an electric and explosive player with great athleticism, um, capable of scoring all over the floor, possesses a smooth jump shot as well. Um He's, he's basically a human highlight reel who dominated college last season at Dayton. He finished with a stat mm-hmm. line of 20 points, 7.5 rebounds, 2.2 assists and 1.2 blocks per game while shooting 70% from the field and nearly 40% from three. <laughs> right? Yo, that is ridiculous. Um, he, he should become an instant fan favourite in my opinion um, because he provides – what what I would feel the kind of box office appeal that can make the Knicks a fun team to watch again. Um, there, there's, you know, as I said, there's certainly criticisms with his game, which is probably why he did fall a little bit. Um, you know, he, he isn't a strong defender, but like I mentioned early, earlier, he's already spoken up about how excited he is to work and, um, and improve his defense under Thibodeau. Um, real quick, real quick. Let me jump right in. Now, I listened to an interview Obi Toppin personally had, and he was talking to the guys at MSG Networks, and he was talking about his defense. And basically, you know, he wasn't asked to do that. He wasn't asked in his particular role 
at Dayton to really be active on defense because the offense centered around Obi Toppin, obviously. So yes. if he's going to exert 100% energy on offense, I'm- I mean, his teammates, it's four other teammates on the court. So yeah. I can understand that. And and one more thing before you go, Obi Toppin, even though we just talked about his defense, he has a high block rate. Exactly. And I got a list for you. Obi Toppin, Dayton, his block rate is 4.2%, right? His still rate is 1.3%. But you got Zion Williamson, his block rate, 5.8%. His still rate, 3.2%. DeAndre Ayton, his block rate, 6, 6.1%. Jonathan Motley, his block rate is 4%. Uh, like Montrez Harrell at Louisville, his block rate was 3.7%. So he, he got, he, he has active hands. Yeah, yeah. He can block some shots. I mean, like, that wasn't his role. Um, so, you know, he's also uh, contested. Contenders first team All American, John R. Wooden Award winner as well. Um, so so he he knows he he knows the feeling of winning. He knows what it takes to win. Um, he's got the right mindset, and I don't think it was a secret either that um, that the brass wanted wanted him badly, probably stemming from his CAA connection. Um, mm-hmm. You know they were they were trying to trade um, up. Up to draft him, but um, fortunately they didn't have to, which was which is obviously good. Um, so, so, so real quick, day one, the reason why the say. reason why they was able to draft him was because see, remember Brock Aller? He was a yeah. part of the Cavaliers organization, right? Yeah, and CAA has connections, right? So, I believe they took Obi uh, um, Isaac Okoro as a favor for CAA. And basically, CAA called their bluff, right? And they drafted Isaac Okoro fifth, and the pieces fell where they land. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, and from day one, I, I think he can be he, he can help the team day one. I, I personally think he he should be the starter as well. I mean, you know, getting the best player in college basketball last season at number eight, in in my opinion, is a steal. Um, so I, I actually give the pick an A plus. Um, to be quite honest, because um, now we have someone we can until we until we trade him or get someone to take him or what whatever we're doing with Randall, um, he he can just come off the bench. As far as Randall is concerned, top top and top and starts over Randall. As far as I'm concerned, he is, in my opinion, a better offensive player. So when it comes to Randall. I think the jury is already out because Leon Rose, it was reported that he went hard after uh, Jeremy Grant, right? And it was reported that he went hard after Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward, yeah, I was reading, yeah. Yeah, so so that tells me that and draft and on top of the fact that they drafted Obi Toppin and he's a four, that tells me that Julius Randle should be packing his bags either before December 22nd or before the trade deadline. Yeah. I don't want to just uh, go ahead. I I personally think at at this point in time, I I think he'll be on the roster to start the season. Um, I I think personally what will, this is just my opinion. It it doesn't necessarily mean it'll play out this way, but I think they'll, 
they'll create a competition in the preseason, a battle between him and Toppen to see who takes the spot. And I think Toppen, as I said, I, I personally think Toppen is, is going to take it because I just think his offensive game fits, fits better with Mitch on the court at the same time. I also think, as I said, we'll, we'll, Randall will be, still be on the roster, but, you know, just coming off the bench. And I think, as you said lastly there, he'll be traded by the trade deadline. Oh, I think that's that's what will happen here. He'll, he'll be there to start the season just so we've got another big coming off the bench um, at, at the four um, and, and possibly play a little time at the five, maybe, you know, small ball. But, um, yeah, he'll be, he'll be definitely gone, in my opinion, by the trade deadline for sure and for certain. And it's crazy how the Knicks was able to get the Player of the Year award winner and Obi Toppin, yeah. SEC Player of the Year, any man you quickly. And we got well, this is- uh, New York's very own, Miles Powell. Yeah. So and, and it- for the Quigley, for the Quigley pick, I actually give it a mm-hmm. I'll give it a solid B. Um because you know, while while it might may have come to a surprise of some, um, most people had Quigley listed as a second round pick. Um, but there's a lot to like about him. Um, you know, arguably our team's biggest need was shooting. Uh, Quigley brings that. He was an absolute yes. star for John Calipari last season. He put together a solid stat line of 16 points, two assists, four rebounds en route to being named the SEC Player of the Year. His shooting percentages were phenomenal as he shot nearly 42% from the field, 43% from three, and 92% from the free throw line. Um, he also shown promise on defense, averaging steal a game. He is, he is limited in other areas of his game, but his ability to space the floor and shoot at a high level is, is in my opinion, a perfect fit for the Knicks um, and helps fill a big need. So, so real quick on Emmanuel Quigley shooting. Emmanuel Quigley is the only player in SEC history to shoot above 42% from three-point territory and above 92% from the free throw line while averaging over 15 points per game for an entire season. That right there tells me that we drafted a, a, a hired gunman. <laughs> that, that, yeah. that right there tells me. And he's 6'3", with a 6'8", wingspan, and he's young. Um, and that's what me and you wanted. Exactly. He's young. And as far as, real quick on Obi Toppin, he won the Wooden Award, Naismith Player of the Year Award, the AP Player of the Year Award, Led Dayton to a 29 and 2 record, third best in D1, and the only D1 player to average t- at least 20 points per game yeah. on 60% field goal percentage. Now, um, so go ahead. Now, for Miles Powell um, from Seton Hall uh, that we got after yep. the draft, I'm giving a solid B plus for. Um, he was one of the most dynamic players in the country over his four years at Pirate. Um, with this past year being his best, he averaged 21 points, three assists, 4.3 rebounds and one steal as he led Seton Hall to a Big East championship. He also won the Big East Player of the Year, was a consensus first team All-American and he won the Jerry West Award for the best shooting guard in the country. Um, a lot of people were actually surprised. Nice. A lot of people were actually surprised to see him go undrafted which might have to do with him being a senior and the fact he is undersized for the shooting guard position. But he is an electric scorer who has a legitimate shot um, to, to probably make the, the final roster, the final cut. 
Um, at the very least, he can be the top player who provides instant offense off the bench. Uh, if he can improve um, just his so- shot selection a little bit and strengthen his defense, um, he has a, a huge chance to be considered a steal. Um, so it, it was really a fantastic pickup. Um, as, as in the end, they grabbed an experienced, talented player who plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, and he's also shown plenty of familiarity at Madison Square Garden, having played there many times in college. This is the kind of the under-radar move that can pay off in the long run. So, I, I like all the picks, man. Yeah. I like all yeah. the picks, man. Well, I, I, I'm really impressed with this stat. Overall, I'd, I'd, give a, I'd give our draft a, a grade of an A. Um, you know, that we had a very productive draft night. Adding two talented players who help right away can be fund- foundational pieces going forward. And then throw in a dynamic undrafted free agent in power. Um, you know, Knicks fans should be feeling very good about the three players we've added. Um, you know, hopefully this group can help the Knicks compete for a playoff spot this season and beyond. So when we talked when we talked earlier months ago on this podcast, right? I was against the Obi Toppin pick. I think you was pro Obi Toppin, yeah. but you didn't really you didn't really want him. So let me let me give you a current list of NBA players that made their NBA debut at 22, right? Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Draymond Green, J.J. Redick, J- Jimmy Butler, Pascal Siakam, Kendrick Nunn, Eric Pascal, Devontae Graham, Kyle Kuzma, Derek White, Buddy Hill, Karis LeVert. <laughs> so I, I'm not really scared. Like, I'm not really scared no more about his age. The age don't really bother me. The defense don't really bother me because I can understand the reason why when you dig deep in in, in Obi Toppin's uh, past, and I'm I'm ready to go, man. It's just the it's just the the Julius Randle conundrum. Yeah, like I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of ways can they play together. Do you have to separate them? No, I I personally think they need to be separated, and I think Toppin needs to play with Mitchell Robinson. That that's my stance, and I'm, and I'm not moving. I'm not moving on that stance because I just think both their games complement each other. You know, Mitchell hasn't got much of an offensive game at the moment, so that's where Toppin comes in for that point. And Mitch is further along than Toppin, obviously defensively. Um, so mm-hmm. you know that's where I'm saying the, the games complement each other. You've got a def- more of a defensive player in Mitch and more of an offensive player in Toppen. Um, and Toppen doesn't I mean he doesn't do stupid, you know, twirly-whirly things like <laughs> Randall, you know, like, yeah. He, he, know, he knows how, what, what he's good at and, um, you know, he's, he's consistent at it. So oh, I personally think, uh, as I said, I'd rather see Toppen paired with Mitch Robinson and um, Randall relegated to the bench, come off the bench. Now, when you say Julius Randle coming off the bench, I, I don't want people – see, this is what I hate. Like, Julius Randle puts out a post on Thanksgiving. And under his post was just disgusting comments. Like, oh, bro, we want you traded. Uh, uh. Like, I understand. I understand the venom against Julius Randle. I understand it. But the man still averaged 19-9. So what I'm not going to do is really, like, I, I am pissed off with him, right? Because 
his flaws were so glaring, but he gets the same excuse as the kids, man. We're going to have to and give him the same excuse. The only way I see him managing now to rescue his spot just on the roster as a whole is, for starters, if Tibbs uses him, like I've said the whole time, you got to use him the same way was it Elvin Gentry in New Orleans was using him, just a straight-out four. And as I said, small ball five. Don't have him as a point forward. Just play him as a straight-out power forward. That is it. Um, and it worked as long as you got the right point guard there. So that's his game, and that's where he should be, not doing something that he's, you know, coming when he came to New York and said, oh, no, I can be a point forward, I, I even sat there and laughed straight away because I knew, I was like, you've never done this before. Like, you know, you've never even shown signs of of being or, t- uh, you know, turning into a point forward. So, and New Orleans had the right idea of how to play him. And as I said, it worked. So if Tibbs plays him in, in a similar role and just plays him straight out like that, then he may be able to rescue his image in that a bit, like, and come back, as I said, and be New Orleans Randall, which me and you both thought that's what we were getting in the first place anyway. So... When we talk about the draft and we talked about Leon Rose, and me and both said Leon Rose runs the Knicks like a mob uh, operation. Yeah. He runs it like good fellas, right? So since yeah. he runs yeah. it like good fellas, it's always about the family. You only talk to people who you know and who you're comfortable with. So I'm looking at it and I see Tibbs, he's CAA, Kenny Payne, he's from the UK, Toppin, he's CAA, quickly. <laughs> he from the University of Kentucky. So you see the pattern here. Yeah, there's a connection. Yeah. It, it, it's always going to be a connection, and I'm really liking what they're doing. Let, let's, let's give pra- praise to Brock Allen. Let's, let, let's build this man a statue now. And you <laughs> see the amount of assets that he got. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in, in, the, in the trades. So we're looking at these trades, right? And let, let let's let's lay out the fu- let's lay out the future real quick. I want to lay out the future, right? Because as I'm currently looking at it, and I have the picture in my phone, and I'm currently looking at for it. But well, and I'm- while you're, I was just gonna say, well, but, um, after you've done that, I just want to touch on one, one more Go person pertains to ahead. the NBA draft. Okay, so when it pertains to the NBA draft, we're, we're already done with this NBA draft. And, I, and I'm, I'm talking next year's NBA draft now, just just for a little minute, because I want Knicks fan to keep watching this name all season. And the Knicks NBA draft debate, of course, heats up after Cade Cunningham's eye-popping debut. <laughs> this kid. And I, I think, I think personally, I, I, have a, I have a train of thought here. I think... Leon wants this kid because, um, you know, after he, after he debuted, um, he knew he had, you know, likely – everyone knew they'd likely seen a future NBA All-Star. Um, Yo, a sure number front. one pick. Bro, talk. I can't front. I watched a couple college games. All them kids look they, – they all look special, bro. This kid, Jalen Suggs, bro, I watched Gonzaga – literally get any shot they want with this kid at point guard. 
any shot they want. His first yeah. play of the game, he dunks on the kid after alley oop. I, I, I like it, it would behoove the Knicks to take this season and play the kids and at least try to stealth tank. I don't want to stealth tank, bro. I know you don't need them, but looking at this roster, and then I'm look. Let let me lay this down to you. Let me let me let me tell you this. In 2021, we own our first round pick, right? Now we got the Mavs first round pick unprotected in 2021, and we got a first round pick swap our option with the um L.A. Clippers. 2022, we own our first and we own our second. 2023, we own our first. We own the Mavs first, protected, top 10 protected. We own our second round pick. We own Detroit's second round pick, and we own Utah's second round pick. 2024, we own our first, we own our second, and we own Cleveland's second. In 2026, we own our own first, our own second, and Minnesota second. That is a lot of assets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is a lot of assets. We cannot mess this up we can't I see the vision I, I see what they trying to do but you cannot make stupid moves and try to rush what the Knicks have been doing for the past 20 years they always rushed bro always rushed and I look at some of these contracts and, and, and we can go right into this next subject because it goes right into it right we just draft the OB top and we just get these guys. So now we're looking at free agency. And f- the first day of free agency, I'm like, why the Knicks is not making a move? So I sit back, I'm watching all the contracts being given out. I see Jeremy Grant, he didn't he he got 20 million a year plus from Detroit Pistons. Pistons had the worst uh, free agency, by the way. They signed five centers, but nobody ain't going to say nothing about it. Um, Joe Harris got 70 mil. I'm not giving him 70 million, bro. Fred Van Fleet got 20 plus million. I'm not giving Fred Van Fleet 20 plus million, bro. Bertans got 80 million, five years. I'm not giving him that money, bro. So, I'm looking at these even other- even Charlotte Charlotte, Charlotte overpaid Ooh, for, for Hayward too. Ooh. You know they gave Gordon Hayward four years, 120 million. Do you think? And Leon Rose, right, goddamn mind in his first year as the Knicks president of basketball operations, he's dead going to touch a contract like that. And he went after Gordon Hayward. No. He went after him. That is true, but he didn't go after him for no 30 million. That is a fact. So I'm looking at free agency and I see how we picked up Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, Austin Rivers, and we got back Alfred Payton again for five million a year, but his his, his signing is not official yet. And I see these signings and I'm like, okay, Walt Perrin knows Alec Burks personally from the 2011 draft. So that's his guy. And you got another guy in Nerlens Noel who's Kenny Payne's guy, who's Coach Cal's guy. And we get Austin Rivers. So now we got Doc Rivers' son. And Doc Rivers also played for the Knicks back in the 90s. So that's a beautiful sight. 
And we bring back goddamn Alfred Payton. And I'm a little pissed off behind that. But I'll tell you this, bro. And I'm going to let you go. I love the free agency. I give it a, a, I, I give it a B. Because they, get, didn't, they did not hand out no stupid contracts. And they kept stability. They got people they know. Brock Aller is doing his job. I believe Nerlens Noel will be the best pickup for the Knicks in the past four years because he gives instant impact. I've been needing a guy who can protect the rim, just like Mitch. So when Mitch come off the floor, we have 48, min- 48 minutes of rim protection. So Alec Burks, great spot-up shooter. He could get his own shot when needed. Um, Austin Rivers as well. He could get his own shot when needed, but you don't really want to ask him to do that. You know, career nine-point-per-game scorer. But so what? He can I hit think- the three. So I, I like the pickups. I like the pickups. But we could talk about the Alpha Payton after we talk about these guys. But go ahead. Yeah, uh, Alec Burks, uh, when when healthy, oh, I like him both ends. Um, he's yep. not, not too shabby on defense either. Um, he does his job. Um, and, and as you said, he, he is a good spot-up shooter, uh, which, again, shooting was a, was a need. Um, I, I think Nerland's doing well from a, a defensive point of view. Um, again, when he's healthy, um, he can get some good blocks off and um, he, he's still nimble on his feet for a big man as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, does his job well on the defensive end as well. Uh, and like you shot, said, we're going to have rim protection the whole 48 minutes. Hell yeah. Um, and Austin Rivers, I think personally, and I said it to you, I think the other day, I think he ends up being the starting point guard. I agree. Um, I definitely agree. I, I think out of the point guards we've got currently on the roster, he, he's got the most talent in my opinion. Um, you know, he he, um, he didn't really come out of his shell until he left from underneath his, his father's wings, so to speak. Hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people thought he just got preferential treatment there just because, you know, he was his son and that. But um, I don't really think that was fully, fully the case. Um, but, yeah, no, he, he came out of his shell and um, you could see a lot better player once he left the Clippers. Uh, so I think a solid pickup. Um, and he can get – when he gets hot, he can get hot too with his shooting. Um, he's another one like reminds me a bit of Danny Green. Like, yeah, when they're cold, they're cold. But when they're hot, they're, they're hot and they're not missing. So, um, again, another another solid pickup there. And not, as I said, I think he'll be the starting point guard. Um, Alfred Payton. Well, oh my God, Let, let's save him for last. Just, personally... Let's save him for last. Let's save him for last because yeah. we we gonna have to really talk because it's it's two sides to that Alfred Payton argument. So we we gotta save that for last, bro. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I, I personally think um, apart from that, the that's three solid pickups, um, and that that we needed no no silly contracts at all as well, which was good. Uh, again, saving money for next year's free agency. That's probably going to be the biggest and best free agency that that we've seen for a for a little while now. Oh yeah, uh, headed 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 by guys like Giannis, LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, uh, of course, are the top three um, off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, I, I think um, it puts us in a good position for next year's free agency. Um, I, I think. You know, on paper, looking at the team with the new free agents added, uh, uh, you know, the guys that we've 
we've capped, and of course the new the new draftees. Uh, I think we've got a solid team. I think we've got a better looking team on paper than last season. Um, so I'd like to think that um, we, we'd improve a lot um, on what we did last season. Um, I, I personally don't think, uh, you know, as a lot of Nick fans say, oh, you know, we've been tanking and we should just keep tanking. I don't think that's going to happen this season. Um, I think it's going to be a different, different type of season because we've, as I said, we've got a better structured roster. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it and I, I guarantee you all the boys are looking forward to the preseason, getting into some battles, obviously, for that um, mm-hmm. starting five. Mm-hmm. For that starting five. Um, yeah, I've got a starting five in my mind that I, I personally think um, I'd like to see run out at that season start. So um, it'll be interesting to see who wins the battle. So let me give you let me give you a full layout of the next 2021 offseason, right? You got R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, Mitchell Robinson. That's the only guaranteed contracts on the roster for next season. Yeah. Right? So we got $64 million in cap space. Austin Rivers' final two years of his contract is non-guaranteed. Um, we have two first-round picks next offseason. So as I'm looking at this, Bobby Portis is out. Wayne Ellington is out. Um, Taj Gibson is out. Mo Harkless is out. Obi Toppin, no, Nerlens Noel, Emmanuel Quickly, Alec Burks. That's already a roster upgrade. That's already a yeah. rotation upgrade. So in that, oh, way, go ahead. Oh. And 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 one other person that seems to be forgotten a lot amongst Knicks fans, and me and you were talking about him earlier. And I personally think he's going to make. The, the main roster this time around. He, he doesn't need to be in the G League no more because he scorched the G League up. And that's my guy, Iggy, mate. He, he'll he be coming off the bench, I think. I think Iggy can make the roster. Yeah. It's going to be I interesting. I think he can, then. It's going to be interesting. I think he can. Oh, um, because he proved a lot of people wrong. A lot of people said, oh, yeah, we, we know, you know, he's doing amazing things offensive, but he was showing out on defense too in a lot of the games down there in the G League, and um, yeah, I personally think he he's he's hungry to make the make the top roster. So um, don't don't be surprised if yeah if he makes the final cut. Man, I would love Iggy to make the roster, but it's a lot of things that got to sort out itself. For example, what the hell is going to happen with this point guard glut? I need to find out. I need to know. Preseason is going to tell well, me is, everything. This is my personal opinion at the moment. I, I think, as I said, Austin Rivers starts and uh, Frank Frank uh, leads the second unit, in my opinion. I think Frank's going to be hungry, mate, to also to win a battle to, to make sure he secures being the point guard coming off the bench. Where does DSJ fit in all of this? Because DSJ, it was before. DSJ, I personally think, can should be moved to shoot. I, I know he's small, but still, I think he should be moved to shooting guard. Um, and I, I think see see how he plays plays from there. Um, see if he can maybe improve his his stock a little bit. Um, as I said, to maybe include him with Randall in a trade at the at the deadline. So about DSJ shooting guard, we know this kid could not shoot from the side of a barn last season, right? And 
it's it's tough because he's not a facilitator. No. I, I just think if you put him at shooting guard, it takes a little pressure off him. Like, he doesn't have to worry about, you know, having to run the offense. So I think, you know, he, he's in a, a train of two thoughts when playing point guard. And I, I just think, you know, even if his shooting doesn't come around <coughs> and he can at least um, <coughs> pick it up defensively, you know, he, he could be like another small Tony Allen type there for a little bit. But as I said, he, I, I just think moving him away from point guard so the only other position you could move him to, obviously, with his height, is shooting guard. Uh, and just see how he goes from there. Uh, maybe with some pressure off, maybe he can get his shot off, you know, every now and then a lot better than he has in the past. You, you just never know. It's a, it's a, It'd be an experimental thing. But, mm. hey, if, if, if all of a sudden he, without having that pressure that he's had on him, comes around and his shot starts coming around, again, uh, lifts his stock. And that helps us when it comes to the trade deadline. So, because at the end of the day, I also think he he's another one that I think they've got on their minds with Randall that they're eventually looking to trade. Um, they're just kind of, I think, hoping both of them can lift their stock a little bit, maybe. Yeah, I'm hoping they could too. I mean, it's it's hard because you you want to you want to get these guys playing at a certain level. You want to get DSJ playing at a certain level. You want to get Frank Nellikina playing at a certain level. You want these guys to experience, right? You want them to experience winning. You want them to experience what it means to get get I mean, on. Go ahead. The one, the one thing I will say, and I mean, uh, 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 excluding, uh, you know, Frank obviously being more defensive than offensive and, and Austin, you know, we've got four point guards. So at least we know, like, <laughs> if one or two of them go down, we're pretty – Pretty safe depth wise. Yeah, for sure. Because it, it, man, if any one of those guys. Because I mean, uh, just before you go on, um, because I mean, we all know DSJ um, injuries, especially because of the way he lands and stuff like that. Um, and, and we know Alfred Payton's had trouble also with injuries, and of course Frank's also had a little bit of trouble with injuries too. So I think it's, I think while you've got the the the. The point guards that we've got on the roster at the moment, I, I think it was it was a good decision. They create a bit of depth there. So, when when talking about Dennis Smith Jr., you talking about him at the shooting guard spot, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the issue when you when you think about him at the shooting guard spot, your reasoning behind is because he's the type of point guard. He's always going to think attack first and pass yeah. second, and when you have a bunch of guys, when you have a bunch of mouths to feed, when you got Mitchell Robinson mouth to feed, when you got Obi Toppin mouth to feed, you got RJ Barrett mouth to feed, you, you're trying to get Kevin Knox reps. Um, at least I hope they're trying to. Um, you're trying to get Frank Nellikina and Dennis Smith Jr. reps. You're trying to get all these guys shots. Right? Exactly. So, so the pe- the puzzle is how is you going to get the the positive impact on the court for them young boys to win games? This reminds me of, remember the Nets roster from a couple years ago, from like two years ago, once they got um, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? Yeah, yeah. And you remember they roster, they roster was like a bunch of undrafted guys and you got D'Lo. So it was a bunch of, it was a band of misfits. So exactly. I'm looking at that roster. 
and I'm looking at our roster right now, and I'm like, damn, we could do something, and we got the right coach who's on a five-year contract, so it's not like he's here for one year. And plus, it's Leon Rose, Rose at the helm, so he, he's not going to fire Tibbs. So we got a guy who has full confidence from management up and down. I at least want to see – go ahead. I was going to say, and you'll have a giggle at this, we also got the best cheerleader in the NBA in Theo Pinson too. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about Theo Pinson, man. It's 29% from three. No, I think it's worse than that. I don't know why the hell he's on the roster, but whatever. Leon Rose, like I said, he runs the Knicks like a mob, mob boss family. Like he runs the Knicks like a family. Well, yeah, I respect not, it. Put it this way: he might not be people who you know. He might not be great at basketball, but boy, oh boy, can he bring the energy on that bench. So that that might be why they've given him a two-way contract, just to have him there. You know, spark that spark that bench up. I mean, I would love to do that. It it doesn't matter. We need any type of firepower we can get. Any type of firepower. So I'm I'm just hoping that you're looking at an irregular off season. So regular a normal off season is five months, I believe. This off season that the Knicks had was nine months. So when I hear that it that these young boys had nine months off, it should be no the excuses should be a minimum this season for me and you. Like, me and you should not be not. getting on this pod after games and we come, we trying to conjure up a million excuses as to why this guy shot bad or this guy well, was I'm gonna, ass. I'm going to say Go three things about three of our young guys now that I, I, I want to see. And if, they, if, if, if the three of them can't show me it, I'm not going to make excuses for them. I want to see better shooting, especially from the free throw line from RJ Barrett. I want to actually see Mitchell Robinson at least develop a mid-range game. And I want to see Kevin Knox have the biggest rebound year that we've ever seen. Yeah, see, I got three. I got two of the same players, but we got one of a different player. Matter of fact, we got two different players. RJ Barrett, I don't really care about. Because if he have a sophomore slump, I could just tell you I told you so. So, I, I don't really care about RJ when it comes to this factor. These three dudes, though, must show me something. Because I've been in arguments on Twitter about these three dudes. I don't, I, like, enough is enough. I'm sick of the nonsense. Matter of fact, these four dudes. So, Frank Nilekin is one. I'm six. I, I'm really sick and tired of Mister Six Three and Two. I'm sick and tired of numbers, man. When it come to him, I don't really want to talk about box scores. I hate talking about it, but I need to see the positive impact from the analytics side from this young man and the box score side because it's kind of getting annoying. That's number one. I need him more aggressive, take more threes. I need you to take that point guard spot. You're a great defender. But the six three and two, it gotta go. I'm I'm sick of it. Dennis Smith Jr. This man, pout man, couldn't hit a three to save his life. He had an ugly hitch, ugly jump shot. I think he shot 18% on, on mid-range jump shots. No in-between game whatsoever. I don't know what the hell happened to him. He had his powers 
zapped from him last season. He needed that Michael Jordan secret juice. I don't know what's going on with him. He lost his athleticism. I'm looking at uh, past highlight tapes of this man last night, and I'm like, yo, what is wrong with this dude? Like, what's going on? Understandable, knock on wood, that his stepmoms died. So I'm going to give him a little leeway, and I'm going to – I challenge this man. I need him to be productive because if him and Frank was any good, we wouldn't even be in this goddamn situation right now where we got to deal with Alfred Payton on this roster. We wouldn't have to deal with that because they will feel comfortable with these two dudes. Obviously, I, either they not or Leon Rose just want to keep Alfred Payton for stability and make sure dudes always have the competition. I understand it, but those two got to do better. I mean, Third person. Go ahead. There is a point guard that we would talk about that's not on our roster. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. me and you were proven wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who? Which is not too often. And that's uh, the Kings decided to pony up and pay De'Aaron Fox. Oh, oh, yeah. We was horribly wrong. <laughs> but you can't. I'm not denying 150 mil. <laughs> yeah. I'm seriously didn't think that he was, he was going to pay the, the amount that he did, but. You know, I suppose he finally looked at it and gone, well, you know, I'm not going to get a point guard like this too often. So, yeah, know, what the hell with it? It's all right. It's all right. It's cool. Well, my third person obviously has got to be Kevin Knox because, listen, love the kid. He gave me he gave me 13 points per five rebounds his rookie year. He gave me 125 threes on 34% shooting from three. His second year, he played a little bit better on defense. He became what supposedly should be an NBA player. He became functional. Um, he wasn't lost on defense towards the end of the year. He was a weight, he 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 was a, a okay to great. He was an okay to good weak side shot blocker. He had 28 block shots. I th- believe he was second or third on the team with Taj Gibson. So I see the talent. I see the flashes. But, my Lord, you can't give me six point neither, bro. That is disgusting. I don't even care if Fizdale was the coach. Fizdale was trash. We're going to give him a lot of blame. Fizdale was trash. But at the end of the day, we defending these kids. They got to show production on the court as well. You had nine months off. I should never see, ever, ever see six. What this kid averaged last season, it was butt cheeks. I don't yep. even remember. Did he ever have a 20-point game last season? No. It was just so disgusting. Um, like, you know, and come go my, ahead. My, my opinion is, too, I think that, as I said, excluding Austin Rivers because I think he's got enough talent to perform. Um. Mm-hmm. And, and probably a lot more consistently than than any of the other three. Um, so my opinion is, come the deadline, if none of those three, Peyton, uh, Frank or, or DSJ, decide to shine out as, you know, the point guard to lead the second year, I, I think that we'll look at a trade. I've got two names in mind um, that you could bring in. And, and they... I'm pretty sure both are on pretty cheap contracts uh, with their respective teams at the moment. Now, one's an older head, but has been on a, a career re- renaissance. And the other one's 
uh, a younger guy that once he went to the Magic decided to shine a little bit and obviously got over his shoulder problems. Um, and especially with the way the Magic drafted too. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep all the guards that they've got. So the two names I'm talking about is Markel Fultz is one. Um, again, I think he's he's more talented than any point guard we've got on the roster um, outside Austin Rivers. Um, and the older head is uh, over in Detroit is Derek Rose. Um, I'd be hell no. I <laughs> know, oh, no. A lot of people say hell no, but I'm telling you now, reg- I wouldn't have him as a starting point guard. But to have him come off the bench, like, and bring what he brings and what he has been doing the last couple of seasons, I'd, I'd fucking love that right now. Excuse the language. I'd love that right now. Um, uh, that's, that's tough they, for me, man. What do they say? Wine, wine gets better with age. Um, and he seems to have gotten over a lot of his injury woes. Um, and he, he's had a few, a couple of good seasons. He's another one like Chris Paul. Everyone was like, oh, no, he's down now too. He goes to Oklahoma City and bam, like, wow. You know what I mean? So, and Derek, mm-hmm. he's, not, he's not on a dear contract. He's only on a, well, he's, on the final year, I'm pretty sure he's still out of there, but he's under 10 million. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand the thinking, but I'm good. <laughs> However, really, Markel Fultz, sure. Markel Fultz would Markel be Fultz. would be an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it definitely would. Mm-hmm. He, he's a two. He, he can play the one or the two. As I said, he he's done well. Since he got over his shoulder problems and he he went to the Magic, um, I, I watched a few of their games from our season, and yeah, he he was showing out in quite a lot of the games. So I'd keep an eye on him because I don't know if they're going to be able to keep him. As I said, because of the way they drafted, there are a lot of guards on their roster too. So he's he's a young name I'd look out for anyway. Come the trade deadline, if if as I said, none of none of the three guards that we we've got probably looking to come off the bench behind Austin, um, do any good, um, I'd, I'd bring him in and let him run the second unit. I mean... I, Again, he's, he's, on a cheap, he's on a cheap deal too, and he's young. So I, I still think his, his ceiling's still there after what I've seen folks do with the Magic. So it, it'd, be a, it'd be worthwhile a little gamble. So for me... If you want to talk about two point guards, a couple point guards we could trade for, I will look at Devontae Graham. I will look at Terry Rozier. I was I was going to say Devontae Graham, but I, I think they'll keep him because they, they want to pair him up with their new draft picks, and I think they're going to be looking at getting rid of Rozier, to be quite honest. So, no, those two, for, those two is the first two that come to mind. Um. But overall, to be honest with you, bro, I really don't want those guys. For me personally, I just want to be selfish. I would like for Frank Nelikina or Dennis Smith Jr. to win this starting job. I'm really tired of the point guard carousel. And here's, here's another name I'll, I'll throw at you. Just, I, it got me thinking mm-hmm. the other day because there's been a little bit of noise. He's, uh, <laughs> he's trying to get a team's interest in that. But apparently, he looks really good in training now that he's had hip surgery and fixed his issues. Um, 
he'd come on the on the dirt cheap. I'm telling you, like I'm, I'm, he's he's throwing him he's throwing himself at teams. Um, Isaiah Thomas, man. Even if you just wanted to bring him in, oh come on! If we're getting that back, <laughs> come on! Hey, I if don't he want less defense, man. No, but think about it like this: from an offensive perspective, if he if the reports are true, and he can get back to what he was at the Celtics, I'd take that shooting, man. I would really take that shooting, even just from the bench. I would take that shooting. You giving me you giving me tough one. You giving me the tough ones to to to, to be objective to. No, no, not even tough because it's easy. You know, you're bringing him in for 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 peanuts. Like, if he'd be on stuff all, really. Uh, man, I gotta be in playoff contention, and I, I, I'm good, brother. Kate, <laughs> Kate, real short, man. I'm good, brother. I, I'm good. I'm I'm set with this roster. I understand where they're going. You might as well rev up the tank. We might as well name the tank commander right now. Because my personal tank commanding for next season, for me personally, it might be R.J. Barrett steering, <laughs> steering the tank <laughs> to at least 27 wins. And that would be a win for me. Anything above 21 wins is a win for me. I just want to see better offense. I want to see more pick and rolls. It was no pick and rolls being run with David Fisdale. And According to advanced stats, it said it was. But according to my eyes, my eyes said different. And oof, it was tough to watch Fizdow on his dribble handoff offense. And the last guy after Knox, after Kevin Knox, to get back to, to the point, is Mitchell Robinson, you know. And... I love Mitchell Robinson, but it's three factors that come with this kid. It's the it's 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 the it's the clutch sports factor because his agent. We know who his agent is. He gets his guys paid. There's no way Mitch is not going to be paid. And Rich Paul, it's tough that two the shooting. I need to see. Shooting, bro. I need to see some type of shooting from him. I didn't get to see that his first two years. I believe I was robbed from that, from the coaching staff. I believe they didn't tell him to do it. Yeah. Like, if you don't coach it, they're not going to do it. I mean, if you don't tell him, hey, look, shoot the ball, I'm going to sit your ass. If you don't tell him something like that, I mean, come on. Like, I've seen him dive to the basket over a thousand times. I think it's time for him to expand his offensive game. And the only way he's going to do that is if he has a guy. I don't really like the Randall and Mitchell Robinson pairing. Just personally. If you're going to start Randall, just start Nerlens Noel. Like, like, like that's, yeah. that's the type of time yeah. I'm on. I'm, like, I'm, uh, I'm, as I said, I'm sticking with if you're going to pair Mitch up with anybody that needs to be topping. It needs so, to be topping. Yeah, and I hope during preseason, this is why I'm loving why the preseason schedule came out the gate, came out today, and it looks beautiful, man. It looks like we could go 4-0 in the preseason, man. I'm loving what, what I'm looking at right now, and 
according to the preseason schedule, did you see the preseason schedule? Yeah, yeah, I see the um, I've got it here in front of me. The uh, the four games. Uh, so it, it's December 11th at Detroit, December 13th at Detroit, December 16th at versus Cleveland. So we home, and December 18th versus Cleveland. So we home. Yeah. Easily go four and zero. Easily, easily go four and zero. I believe we got the best coach in the conference right now in Tibbs. I also believe that, and, and I think I'm gonna try to find like a Hawks locked on Hawks Nick podcaster. I'm gonna try to find a Hawks podcast, Atlanta Hawks, and I'm gonna ask them how they feel about their roster because what they did with their roster was something. For me personally, if I was a Hawks fan, I probably would have hated it. And the reason why I would have hated it is because you signed Gallo, you signed Bogdan, and it's like, who's going to play defense, one? Two, where the hell Devin Hunter, Kevin Herter, and Cam Reddish is going to play? Cam Reddish will get right out, I think. And three, it's only one basketball. So how the hell is that going to work? Okay, I need to know. Keep keep your eye on Cam Reddish's name and also John Collins's name. Come the deadline. Yeah, they're the two guys that I keep hearing. If if they're going to make trades, they're the two guys that are at the top of the list. John Collins's name's been on the trade block with them several times in the past. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're also higher on DeAndre Hunter over Cam Reddish. So I also think Cam Reddish could, could get moved as well at some point, just because of the logjam. That'll all be really down to the logjam and that they can't pay everyone. Yo, that's a serious logjam. I look at the roster, I'm like, I, I understand how they and, try to improve the and roster, and, though. Don't get me wrong. And I'm telling you now, if, if John Collins' name comes back up for trade, we at least need to take a take a phone call at least. Nah, I, I'm good. I got Obi Toppin. I I don't really need. I'm good, bro. I don't want no, no John Collins to play the standing. No, in no, no, John Collins to play the five, man. He's he's got height. I'm good. I'm good, bro. I got Mitchell Robinson. I'm not even trying to cause another log jam. Oh, I, 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 but I'm I'm, 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 I'm tell you straight out now with Mitchell Robinson. This is my personal opinion. He doesn't show something more this season. Leon ain't paying him. Leon will not pay him. Leon will let him walk. Mm. That's just my personal opinion because there will come a time and place where he'll just get sick of it and go, well, he's so one-dimensional. Um, he's not showing me anything else. Uh, it'll be time to move on. Um, I was actually – if I was going to say in the free agency, if I was annoyed at one little thing, I was kind of hoping they'll, they would take a swing on. Because I personally, if they thought – if I, they would have got him on the cheap – and I personally think he would have lit a fire under Mitch's ass. I would have loved us to just throw a year deal to DeMarcus Cousins. Um, <laughs> no one was sniffing ages. No one was sniffing for ages. And I know I've said in the past, even including on the podcast, that I'm a bit worried about how he's going to come back, especially now that he's had that same injury, major injury twice. But... I'd still be willing to throw him a year year deal, a prove it deal, and um, he has that attitude, aggressive, angry, you know, 
attitude that I think he could have lit a fire. And and he he he's a good shooter. Uh, so I, I think he could have got Mitchell, you know, bringing out. I, I want to be clear. I want to be clear. I want to be transparent. We don't want to just trade Mitch. That's not the issue that I have with Mitch. It's that on the offensive side of the ball, you have to be able to space the floor. Bam out of bio contract was well earned. He earned that contract. Kudos to him. But what I need to see from Bam out of bio is can you be on the offensive side of the ball? Now can you be a threat from the three? Now can you – I believe he could tie it all together because Bam out of bio with a three-point shot is just damn near unstoppable. But what I'm getting at is – Because I'll tell you what. Will Mitch impact the game enough to where we're winning games because of his de- – I, I, he got to impact the game on the defensive side of the ball. This is why I need him to start out the gate. But it's tough because – we drafted Obi Toppin, but you still got Julius Randle on the roster, and Julius Randle make $19 million. Yeah, so I'm, you would think you would want to start him if you want to trade him. Exactly. And so, like, as I said, if, if this is this is the way I think Leon is looking at it. He He's not paying somebody that's not progressing. And, and for a big man in today's NBA game, that you, what you need out of a big man, if, if he ain't going to start showing that, then he ain't getting paid. Not by us, anyway. Plain, so, and, plain and simple. Because there's another player that they can bring in. And I've been listening to all the talk. And I personally think they're right. He, he gets compared too much. This other player gets compared too much to LeBron when he should be getting more compared to a Shaq or a Keem. Um, because at large, he's a centre. He, he, he's a centre in disguise. He is a centre, and that's Giannis. They, they, a lot of people think he would absolutely kill it at centre uh, with his game. Um, Giannis, oh my! He's goodness. like a like. Why, you, like why you got to bring like, Giannis? Uh, uh, who was it? But uh, uh, and, and a couple of others are talking about how he should be more compared to Shaq. Like he's a modern day version of Shaq. Obviously, with a little bit better shooting game. Maybe not from three, but. And from mid range and stuff like that, and the free throw line, I actually think he's he is better than Shaq at the free throw line, even though he's he's still got to work on that too. But yeah, he he should be more compared to Shaq. He's got the size of a center. Um, a lot of people want to see him be used as a center uh, um, because wow, uh, he he could he could just dominate. You but you don't want to. I, I say this to that in the regular season, no. You don't want to do that because you don't want the wear. No, 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 no. In the playoffs, though. In the playoffs. But in the playoffs, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I strongly agree with that. I think you move him to center mm. and then you bring in another guy. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. In the playoff time, yes. Yeah. You definitely make that move. And, but regular season, no, because you don't want to no, you don't want that wear and tear on his body. Regular season, you could split him between the three and the four, you know. Um, so that that'd be fine too, but yeah, if Mitch doesn't start showing something, then you know that that's what I think is going to happen. They'll bring in someone like but, him, and and I'm I, the reason why I'm bullish on Mitch is because Mitch is everybody's favorite son. I love Mitch, but Mitchell Robinson has to show me something on the offensive side of the ball. He just didn't, Kevin Knox. He just he, he got to show me something too. He just annoys me because you know, obviously, you know, like myself. 
you've you've seen video of Mitchell Robinson in a, in a, in the practice courts and that and. See what his offensive game is. And, and why it annoys me is you're like, well, if you're doing this in practice and you're actually nailing shots from the three-point line, from mid-range, why, why don't you have the goal, so to speak, to do it in a game? You know, that that's a frustrating. I'm not, yeah, maybe frustrating is more the word I'm looking for, not annoying. Frustrating me with Mitchell is the fact I know he, can, he has got a three-point shot. I know he can shoot it and shoot it pretty well. Give it a go. Like, man, I mean, as I said, like, but if you don't coach it, if you don't coach it, they're not going to do yeah. it. And, and Tibbs would be, I believe they didn't coach Tibbs it. Tibbs can be, Tibbs can be his Jimmy Butler because Tibbs has got the voice to do it. Like Jim, like I've said many, many times, Jimmy gets Bam to at least take one shot, one three point shot every game. Because if he doesn't, he has to pay Jimmy Butler five hundred dollars. Right, Thibodeau. It doesn't necessarily have to make a deal with him, but he's got that voice to say, right? Do you do you think it's five? Do you do you think it's a three point shot or just shooting in general? Because he didn't shoot a lot of threes last season. No, I think, but I kind of get what he's thinking is that. I, I I do believe um, that the statement that came out was was just to do with with the three um, because they'd already started seeing him start to take shots from the mid range. But I think yeah, it was just shots as a whole, you know, to get him, you know stop consistently just trying to go to the hoop and that and extend his game a bit. So I think Tibbs needs to, as I said, he doesn't need to make a deal like that with Mitch or anything like that, but he's got that voice, you know, that commanding voice to, to mm. tell Mitch, you know, I see you doing this in training. You know, I'll see, say, for example, I see you taking a hundred threes and you're hitting, you know, 65% of them, right? I want to see you at least take, you know, one or two threes every game. You miss, you miss it, but but the main thing is is you're at least taking the shot, you know, because of facts. You're being a threat. Eventually, the confidence will come if he if he just decides to take the shot. And as I said, he might miss the first few times, but the confidence will grow as he keeps taking that shot. And as you said, it's going to draw the defense out. They're like, well, okay, this is new. We haven't seen Mitchell do this. We usually we have to wait till he comes in here. But that's what you want. So, and, and as I said, the confidence will come and then the shot will go down like it's going down in training. Um, same with his mid-range, uh, his little jumper. Um, you know, if you're going to do it in training, well, then do it, do it on in a game. You know, don't just do it in training. I don't want to see video, use video of you all the time doing it at training, but then not doing it in the game or at least attempting. I'm sick of the stupid videos, man. Yeah. I'm done with the videos. I don't care. I don't care about highlights. I don't care about none of that. I was sucked into all of that last offseason when they were showing Dennis Smith Jr. highlights, Frank Nilekina highlights, and Kevin Knott. I don't care about none of that. I want to see production on the court. That's what I want to see. So those four guys, Mitch, Knox, Frank, and DSJ, I'm leaving RJ out of this because he's going in his second season. So I'm not going to be bullish and, on him and next that, season. That's another name, Knox, as I said. He needs to have a really, really big season, or he's another one. That can, yep, he's another yep. one that can, be, and, you know, out the door too. It's it's critical. It's critical for the for the for the for the whole organization. It's critical that if we can get this kid right, if we can get a couple of these kids right, if we can get them to just look functional, that will look astounding around the league and. 
you got to try to change the image. You're trying to change the culture. You can't really do that in, ju- at, in just one night. That takes months, years, you know? It takes a player. It takes a couple players. It takes a coach. It takes it. it, it it's some like somewhere the foundation got to be set. It got to be set. Don't if those four guys is producing, I believe we could get into the playoffs. I like this. I liken this roster to the next roster. Even though we got a bunch of lottery picks on this, and roster I, I think that, that should be producing. And I know, I know it's only his second year, but my opinion is you're building around him. I think RJ needs to be the captain of the team. He needs to be leading the ship. He, he's got the right attitude, the right voice. He was pretty much doing that at Duke. I think they they need to give him the reins in that regard. To his... so, so when, when hold, hold on though, remember we just drafted Obi Toppin. I mean, at some point in time, you know, he's older than RJ. So he's coming in as a grown man. RJ just turning 20 years old. Yeah. Well, so I, I don't know. It's an interesting dynamic because I, I could see Obi Toppin in the future becoming the first option, right? Uh, RJ probably becoming uh, a second or third option. Yeah. So we got to probably find the middleman. We probably got to find a guy who can take pressure off of both of them, you know? So it, it's an interesting and that's dynamic, where I, but I love Obi Toppin. That's where we need a, a, a fucking better point card, man. Like that, that's... <laughs> no, I, I, as I said, I think finally we will have a bit more stability with Austin River, but he's not the type of bloke that you look at for the long term, for that position. Um, and I have a feeling that, that that they've got Cade Cunningham maybe in the back of their mind uh, for next year's draft. Um, you know, if, if if we don't make the playoffs especially. Um, other than that, yeah, obviously, yeah, none, none of them are standing out and we're not in, in a chance to sort of take a Cade Cunningham then... Um, yeah, obviously, as I said, next year's free agency class is a, is quite a big one, and um, I'm quite sure we might find a a better suited point guard maybe there if we have to. You know, there'll, there'll be options with that, brother. Let me make this real clear to you, and I'm gonna make this the real clear to Knicks fans listening to this. I have no interest in the number one pick next season, so. If you want to ever talk about us giving the, getting the number one pick, I will gladly talk about it because you brought it up, brother. I'm not going to bring that up. I'm never going to bring up the subject towards you. <laughs> it's because I'm just done with the, with the lottery. I'm done. I'm finished. We're never going to move up. Adam Silver hates large markets. We already first in attendance. Minnesota was last. Like, I'm, I'm done. Which is weird care. because he's from New York. I, <laughs> I, 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 man, he don't give a fuck about the Knicks. Nah, he don't, I don't care. Think, I don't think so. Either. He don't care since when he cared. But it is his team. It is his team, and he's admitted that. So I ain't, he ain't never care about us, man. So I'm looking at Jalen Suggs. I'm looking at Josh Christopher. I'm looking at guys like that. I'm not really too concerned about K Cunningham. He's gonna be a nice prospect. I'm looking at BJ Boston. And Jalen Green already signed the CAA, so I'm already got I already got a side eye for him. So 
I'm not really too concerned about Kate Cunningham. But back to this, I, I wanted to save this person for last because I wanted to make I wanted to make this real clear to Knicks fans. And we're gonna talk about the reasons why the Knicks did it, and we're gonna talk about the reasons why we hate the move. So first, when it comes to this Alfred Payton stuff, I hated the move. He stinks. His seven point three assists. I don't know what he, what his average is. I did. I I don't care. He was an assist hunter. I didn't like the way he played basketball. It was not enjoyable. He kept force feeding Randall. He passed the Randall twenty nine percent of the time. He passed the Randall forty percent of the time after the after the move trade. It was tough to watch. He couldn't hit a three. His last eight games, he was zero percent from three, and it, it it was over. It was just stupid to me. Alfred Payton. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, this is all I'm going to really say on it. He's on the roster because he's a Perry guy. <laughs> and that is it. Um, and just to make up numbers and depth at the point guard position because, you know, when it, when I was looking at just – as, just as they were signing him, I was looking at the point guards left in free agency and there really wasn't much chop there. Uh sort of a roll of the dice of the barrel, I guess. So they just decided, well, we already got him here. Might as well just keep him here for another season. Um, oh, my Lord. You know. Uh, I don't think there was really much train of thought in it at all, oh apart God. from Perry go, well, he's my guy. There's not much else left out there. We need to have, add a little bit more depth, you know, in case, uh, you know, we've got two point guards that have been quite injury prone, so... Um, that's that. That's all I think went into the decision, really. Um, so, Alfred Payne, I mean, brother, I'm going to be objective. Who the hell was going to come take the next money? Fred Van Fleet wasn't coming here. George Hill wasn't coming here. Leon no, the, only person, trying to pay the only person who actually uh, has actually been reported on that, that showed a bit of interest um, was Hayward. Um, he was actually out of any other teams outside of Charlotte. He was actually closer signing here than anywhere else. Out as again outside Charlotte. So, um, it, like, bro, it's like I understand Alfred Payton shot twenty percent from three. His defense last season. People say he played defense. I don't know what defense they seen. He gambled a lot. He was a horrible on ball defender. He was getting cooked. I remember John Morant was cooking him. And he pushed um Crowder into the into the crowd after he shot a three. No, like I respect that he pushed him, but you was getting your ass kicked all night by John Morant. So you shouldn't have no nineteen year old coming to guard and just bully you. Yeah, uh, Alfred Alfred Payton, I personally think is going to be our our, our how do I put it our third string point guard. I, I think this is the order. I think our point guards currently as is Austin Rivers would be number one. Frank Nittlekeen will be number two. Um, Alfred Payton, number three. And DSJ, number four. So that, that That's how I'd order them right now. Um, but, but remember, it's reported Tibbs love DSJ. So it's, it's, it's tough. You can't you know take DSJ reckon, out of the rotation. You know why I reckon he loves GSJ? There's been reports that he loves GSJ is possibly because he sees a little bit of Derek Rose in him, like young Derek Rose. I mean, you know, 
that that's possibly the only thing I could I, I can see. Any but the thing is, Derek Rose at least had a, a bit of a mid range game. Dennis Dennis Smith Jr. doesn't, um, and they both like 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 uh, Derek uh, DSJ lands quite awkwardly. Um, so it's just going to be a pretty similar scenario, I think. If if Tibbs, ho- hopefully the reports are wrong and Tibbs isn't as high on on him as as the reports. Are, <laughs> yeah, that's like DSJ, that's the wrong guy to have high. I, I'm, you know, I, I've, for two seasons now, I've been sick of hearing all, all this talk from outside the org. Like, oh, you know, he could bounce back, and he's not bouncing back nowhere. Like you know, I've said the whole time, what what he needs is to be traded away from the big city and go somewhere where there's not so bright lights, and maybe then he might, you know, shine to a degree. But to what degree, I I, I don't I don't know. But he's he's just not the point guard that, especially in this modern game, uh, that you need. You need a point guard guard that can facilitate. You'd like one that that. It is at least an average defender and one that can bloody shoot when when needed. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and, and you don't want a point guard that's consistently, th- you know, like you said, thinking of, you know, getting towards that rim and just scoring all the time. Uh, that's It's not it, – it, he's proven it time and time again that it's not working. That's Tom. You know if he come back next season and if he starts out great, you know you're gonna to have to dedicate a podcast to him, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know you're gonna to have to, right? Because See, everyone, it's DSJ apologists out there that listen. So when yeah. you hear him talk, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I, I just look. He's he's had, in my opinion, he had he's had ample time once he got out from under Luca to show out again, and he just hasn't done it. You know, he hasn't gone back to the DSJ that was showing out before they drafted Luca over at the Mavs. I have not seen that DSJ come back, who actually at one point looked like he was, to a degree, improving his shot. And, yeah, I mean, I've heard all the tour, and, you know, he's been training with a shooter and everything like that now. But I need to see it, you know. And, and I, I just, I, I'm not going to get him ahead myself on him. I, he's really done a lot of damage as far as I'm concerned to to his stock and his stock with me right now is at an all time. I don't think Yeah, I don't think he can get any lower. Um Jesus. You know, I, I never wish any 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 bad or anything on anybody. So I I'd love for him to come back and prove me wrong. I'd love for him to come out and, you know, show me, oh well damn he can shoot. Look at that. Um Maybe even have a little bit, even if he comes back, like how Markel Fultz come back, that'd be impressive enough for me. Um, but yeah, he need he needs to show it, and it, it can't. Again, it's another thing like Mitch. I don't care what you're doing in the gym. You know, that that's him without any defenders. You know, so need to do it in the game. So, so um, but at the moment, he has to. At the moment, as I said. <laughs> three of them have to take that number one spot off of Austin Rivers. He he's got the starting point guard spot as yeah, far as yeah. I'm. It is, it is no way in hell. It is not that is gonna ruin my Christmas. It's no way in hell you dudes had nine months off 
I don't even know how to give him an excuse. You dudes had nine months off. I didn't watch no Knicks basketball since I believe like March or February or whatever. And it's like, can you come back and be better than what you was? You had nine months off to work on your game. So and I'm this time, all of us wrong. I'm hoping this time, this time after me and you got burned at the start of last. Well, when we made our predictions at the start of last season, then we obviously got burned in the end of where we thought how many wins they could pull out. I'm not going to make a prediction this time around, only because mm-hmm. you know, as we're as we're saying, we've been disappointed mm-hmm. by Mitch. We've been disappointed by Knox. We've been disappointed by this guy and this guy. So this time I, I'm just taking the approach of wait and see. And I, I want to see some of these guys, um, you know, show something, show more than what they've shown and, and um, just just go out there and prove something, prove, prove what you can do for this team. Um, and, and I don't want to see no slouching. I want to see no sobbing. I just get out there and play, you know, and um, – Bro, if they can't come out and if they cannot perform in front of no fans, then just ship them out. I'm, yeah. I'm not even I'm no all jokes aside, because we I, I can't go through another season of young cats and they just not giving me production I need. And the production nah. I need, you don't even gotta score twenty. Like, none of them dudes don't have to average 20 next season. Maybe R.J. Barrett because he's the third pick. So, you're supposed to be automatic Hall of Famer. But the other dudes, y'all dudes got to show up. It's no more Fisdale. He's not going to play no favorites. You know, we got all these dudes in the building. He's on the beach somewhere with a fro. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And listen. Me and you got on this pod, and we said it. It's, we said it with an iron fist, "I'm not giving up Mitch and Knox for Anthony Davis." No, and I remember we said that. So, don't make us eat crow. Don't have us feeling stupid. Don't have us regretting all of this time that we didn't watch no basketball for y'all to come back. And y'all just be straight ass, like, I, like that'd be well. As a serious. There is no excuses this time around, and, and we won't be making any for them. And um, like like I said, um, guys like Knox and Mitch, at the end of the day, they're really really playing for for their next contract. And um, if they they can't um, prove to Leon that um, they can both lift their games to another level or two and and improve their games where they need to, um, as I said, I, I personally think he'll take the stance of. Sorry, I'm not paying you. See you later. Yeah, best but, of luck. But listen, it's no rush right now, right? Because Knox season doesn't really end 2021. But that's just the beginning of where you can extend him, right? It's no yeah. rush right now. But all we need to see is just positive impact in the box score, positive impact on the court. Thibodeau should help in that department. It should be no reason why we're recording the podcast near the start of the first game of the season. And even during preseason, it should be no reason why me and you are sitting here and be like, why is DSJ and Frank Nellikina look the same? Like, that's going to be a tough conversation we're going to have. Because if they come back the same... 
I, I don't know what I'm going to say, but I know it's going to be trade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and and I think, put it this way, I think the right coach has been put in place and now it's just a matter of how these young guys respond to him. Now, if they respond to him like two spoiled brats did in, in, in Minnesota with him and, and Jimmy, um, and I will call them spoiled brats because that's what they are, um, that that's not a good way to respond. And especially to coach with T- Tibbs' pedigree, with his background, um, you know, he, he knows what it takes to get to the playoffs. So I'm kind of hoping if he has got criticism towards any of them, they, they take that criticism the right way. Um, he'd only be critiquing their game because he wants them to get better and he wants to help them get better. So they, they need to have an open mind and understand that, um, especially because of the amount of years that he's been in the business, he, he knows what the go is. He's seen many a player, um, you know, come and, and go in this league. And, um, you know, he, he's going to find with, with each of these young kids what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, and what they need to work on. And if they, as I said, I, I think because of the hard-nosed type of person that Tibbs is, if, if they're not showing him what what he needs out of them, then um, we know exactly what he'll do. Yeah, and what he's going to do is trade everybody. <laughs> he's going to trade everybody. We know he, he's ruthless with the trades. He traded Zach Levine while he was injured. Yeah, he ain't, he ain't, he ain't afraid. You know, at the end of the day, he, he treats it how it's meant to be treated in, in positions like his, and that's a business. At the end of the day, there's no personal feelings involved. It's a business. Uh, yeah, if, you're not well, pulling, if you're not pulling your weight, you get traded out. See you later. You know? It's, it's nothing personal. It's all business. <laughs> and, and, like, and, Pete, and, and fans it. need to remember, fans need to remember this is why I'm glad they've got someone like Tibbs and he's as tough as what he is. Right, this organization hasn't been to the playoffs in a long time. He is used to being in the. He is used to being in the playoffs, right? And and he, he doesn't like losing, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that's what I mean. People aren't pulling their weight. He won't hesitate to get rid of them and, and trade for someone that's going to come in and do the job that he needs them to do. You know, yeah. and, and that's why I'm kind of glad that they've got him there and they've got someone like Leon because they'll make the tough decisions like that. At the end of the day, they know this organisation needs to be back playing playoff basketball, not sitting at, 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 down at the bottom of the barrel. You know, because the, the, the fans, we, we hear it, we've said it ourselves because we're fans ourselves, we're sick to death of being the laughing stock. We're sick to death of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, as I said... The right front office is in place now. You got a tough-nosed coach. Is what what's been needed here? A, a coach that's not afraid to, to to put someone in their place or or tell someone they're not doing their job right. Um, and, and so I think things are about to change. So uh, as I said, I, I I think you're not pulling your weight. You're going to be gone, plain and simple. They're not going to muck around with this. Nah, they don't need to. I I think. You know, for the final part of this, I just want to talk about the the future. I think, as far as the future is concerned, we in a good spot. You don't, we don't really got to do too much. Just give RJ the ball, give the young boys reps, 
Let Knox yeah. get some run. Don't don't cheat Knox minutes. Let him get productive minutes. I don't want minutes where he's just on the court and he's just standing in the corner. No. I want minutes where he's getting the ball running, pick and roll or something. I want minutes where he's coming off a screen. Like, minutes like that. He, he should be bombing away at three. There should be no reason why Knox is not taking at least eight threes a game or something like that. Like, something ridiculous, like, just change his role. Like, I don't, I, I don't know what role he was in last season. He has got a quite a smooth shot. Oh, he I do. I, he do. Um, so, as I said, I've said it the whole time with him. I think it's just a uh, last season. It was a confidence thing. He got the confidence knocked out of him, and he never regained it. And his play went down because of it. I, I personally think it's a confidence thing. Calipari, I've heard an interview say. It's a confidence thing with him and, of course, that he needed more time, more so than most other people in his draft. Um, so just, just to bear with him. But it's with Knox, it's a confidence thing. His confidence is high, you're going to get high production. If his confidence is low and not completely out of him, then you're going to get the sort of play that we saw last season. Last, Oh, my God, last season. He was so terrible. Yeah. He, he was unplayable at times. Like, it... it <sighs> I can't even make excuses for him because he was just straight up garbage. What I can't and say is that I was looking at him where, where he knew he was playing that terrible. He he looked like I, I he had the thinking of I don't want to be on this court right now because all I'm doing is hurting my team. And you know, he just yeah, as I said, his confidence was plain and simple shot shit. <laughs> it was literally shot shit. Um, he was he, bad. I'm hoping he comes back with, with a big chip on his shoulder and, and all the confidence in the world um, because, you know, the kid's got great size. He can play the three. He could go in between the three and the four because of his size. Um, you know, he, he's got a good shot. Um, I think he's got the, the capabilities and, again, the size and length to be good on the defensive end. Um, you know, he wasn't afraid, as I said, in that game to take on Zion. He got put on his ass, but he kept going at him all game. That that's mm. the type of knocks and the type of confidence I want to see out of knocks. Like, yeah, you may have bullied me once, but it's only gonna happen once. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. oh, I'm gonna keep coming at you and I'm gonna keep coming at you and I'm gonna keep coming at you. That's the Kevin Knox I wanna see. So And as I said, that was before that was I don't know what happened after that game. That was when his confidence, as I keep saying, was at a high. He had a beautiful game. And all of a sudden, I don't know what the hell Fisdale did with him after that. And then Because he came off the bench. Yeah. He he came off the bench. That's all. He came off the bench. Remember, he was talking like he was one of the older guys. Wasn't we we discussing at one point, like, what what the hell was Fisdale thinking, I think, for a game or two or maybe even more? He was playing him at shooting guard. And I'm like, (laughs) are you kidding me? (laughs) <laughs> He's not going to keep up with most shooting. Shooting guards are going to run up circles around him. Like, yo, he is crazy, yo. I can't believe just crazy. Man. He looked oh at me. In the latest picture of him, he looks crazy, man. He, you're on the beach somewhere with his wife with this big-ass fro going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this guy. When he was a coach of the Knicks, he had no hair. <laughs> he, yo, he destroyed. Oh, my goodness. He regained no confidence last season. But I hope all the young boys come back. As far as Alfred Payton is concerned, we could be mad at it, but it's whatever. You bring him back for $5 million, he ain't really hurting nobody. The young boys just got to play. I fully expect for them to beat him out of the rotation. So I'm not really worried about that right now. 
I'm gonna just be optimistic. I haven't seen these boys in nine months. Hey, I'm gonna just roll with the punches. Like that's what excited. I got to say about it. And, and right now, I'm also just excited to see what 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 Toppin's gonna bring straight off the bat because I think he's NBA ready. Um, a lot of a lot of people do, and um, yeah, I, I'm very interested to see how he goes in his first few games. Obi is. I'm not. I'm not worried about Obi. Obi gonna be good. Obi gonna be good. He gonna be with Thibodeau. So, and, and you gotta think about it. Obi is a three point shooter already. So and, I'm not and really another, worried about that. I'm. I'm kind. Another two people we haven't mentioned. Um, we we got in a trade during the free agency period is, is Amari Spellman and Jacob Evans. Um, I'm interested to see if they end up uh, making the roster and. Um, what they can bring because Evans back at college was a, was a little defensive dog and he had a nice three-point shot. And um, Amari Spellman there for a while for the Hawks before he was traded to the Warriors. Um, uh, he, he was a good – he looked like he was a good stretch four coming along. Um, and then, yeah, obviously he got traded and sort of fell amongst the shuffle and that. So I'd like to see what those two guys can bring. Hopefully hey, if they make – You know what's crazy cut. about Obi Topper? You know, Obi Toppin has a seven foot walk, seven foot four wingspan, so his his length makes up for his lack of size to make plays on the defensive side of the ball. People, you wouldn't even think he had a seven foot four wingspan, but when you when it comes when he's dunking the ball, you see those long strides. I mean, hey. We got a player right there, man. 6'9", 220. Oh, man, I can't wait to see these guys. So, I, I guess we got everything. I mean, anything okay. else? What, what were your thoughts on, um, as I said, um, the two guys I just mentioned that we picked up in that trade? Um, both young guys still, Evans and Spellman. So, as far as Jacob Evans, I believe he was waived. Oh, we did waive him, did we? I believe he was waived, yes. I oh, believe okay. Jacob yeah. Evans was waived. And as far as... Uh, Amari, Amari Spellman. Spellman. Amari Spellman is concerned that Amari Spellman. I, I believe he can make the roster. Actually, I like Amari Spellman. Yeah, uh, I think he as, as a center shooter. If, if he come into training camp, you know, if he come into training camp and he's his weight is not an issue because you know he had weight issues in the past. I think he can make the roster because in, any, the, in the event of a Julius Randle trade. You still got Amari Spellman on the roster, so maybe he could get minutes, you know, after yeah. the trade deadline. And he was, um, as I said before, he got traded to Golden State. He was actually um, playing quite well for the Hawks, um, you know. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping he, as I said, he regains that fitness and regains that form. Um, and as I said, he's still still on the young side. So um, I'd like to see him make the roster again. It'd just be nice to have that that depth there, and again another young. Young bull coming in, uh, I think he'll be hungry. Uh, so it'll, it'll be interesting. Mm. Yeah, I, it's it's gonna be tough, man. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I know Thibodeau is gonna coach these guys up, and I'm gonna see a good product on the court. I mean, we got into everything, so I guess we could say the final words that I guess we could get out of here. We got into everything. Yeah, well, um, like I said, Nick fans, I think we had a um, a good pre-agency and a good draft. As I said, yes, again, draft a solid A. 
Uh, I, I gave our free agency a solid B. Uh, we didn't give out any exorbitant contracts, didn't do anything silly. Um, added another vet in, in Burks, who I actually think is going to be better for our roster than Wayne Ellington was. <laughs> that's, um, that's for sure. I actually think he's a better spot-up shooter than Wayne Ellington. So um, that was a good pick-up. Um, look forward to our uh, key draft pick. Uh, Toppin, mm-hmm. I think we're, he's going to do some big things, even in his debut season. Um, he's got good size. Um, he's NBA ready. And um, I, I personally think he's uh, he's going to take that four spot, the starting four spot. So um, look forward to that. And, um, yeah, uh, hopefully uh, we're on to bigger and better things and a better season uh, ahead, uh, especially with uh, – who we've got as coach in, in Coach Tibbs. Man, I'm happy. You happy. Nick Nation, y'all should be happy. It's The roster, it looks way better than last season. Last season roster was hella clunky. And we still got Alfred Payne and Julius Randle on the roster. Not too – like I'm pissed off about Alfred Payne, but the hell with it. I understand. As far as Julius Randle is concerned, his days is numbered. So I'm not really concerned about him anymore. I just want these young guys to get run. And I'm happy, man, but, you know, my guy, Mr. Mitchell, man, I appreciate talking to you, man. It's, it, it was a good pod. I didn't I ain't get to speak to you in a couple of weeks, so I hope everything is okay down there in the down under. Um, everybody in Nick Nation in America, wear your mask, please. Love everybody, man. Mata is your boy, State, of the New York Knicks podcast. Peace. Peace.